You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going A's fans, and welcome to episode 197 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's episode, it has been a month since the A's have made a move. So, what would the roster look like if they don't make any more moves this winter? It's going to be a depressing episode, you guys. <laughs> so, we're going to have some fun today with just a little thought experiment on uh, what, what would happen if nothing else happened this winter. Would the A's still be competitive? Would they still be the favorites to win the AL West? Uh, Stuff like that. So uh, that's what's coming up for you guys today. But before I get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. And also make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So before I get into the episode, I just want to really quickly apologize for not having these episodes coming up on a regular schedule. Uh, My own sleep schedule for the last week or so has just been all over the place. And uh, that's not been fun. So I'm trying to regulate that a little bit better and uh, do my best on that front partially so I can get these episodes up to you guys on a regular basis. And I also want to make sure that when I am recording, that I am actually recording good, thought-out content. I don't want to just hit record and, you know, uh, talk into the microphone for 15 or 20 minutes and not really say anything, because that's not fun for you guys. That's not good content. I want to put out content that I I believe in, and so uh, that's why they've been a little bit more sporadic uh, on top of my sleep schedule. So I apologize for that stuff. And uh, the A's have been really, really quiet this winter, so they're not making it easy on me to come up with new topics for you guys. But uh, sometimes I get asked questions on our social media channels, like I did for this episode. I had a listener reach out to me on Instagram, which, new one for me, that uh, that message request was there for about a month before I saw it. Uh, I am not great at noticing that little button that says, hey, somebody wants to message you. So I apologize to, uh, to the listener, but uh, they were asking me uh, to talk about the possibility of Chad Pender being the A's full-time shortstop in 2021. So the first half of this episode is me talking about Chad Pender, the rest of it's uh, the rest of the roster and how that would shake out. So here we go. I know that there are a lot of fans out there that want to see Chad Pender get more regular playing time after he hit 318 in the playoffs last season with two home runs and seven RBIs and a home run that put the A's ahead in the only game that they won in the ALDS. He had a good postseason, and I definitely remember thinking that he could be utilized a little bit differently than he has been over the last few years. So in preparation for this episode, I took a look at some of his numbers, and uh, I'm just not sure that a bigger role on the team, unless, you know, they don't do anything, that a bigger role on the team would be in the cards for Chad Pender in 2021. Uh, For starters, Pender only played in 24 games in 2020, getting 61 plate appearances, and that just screams utility-level guy confidence to me. That's their confidence level in Chad Pender. 
I know that he went on the paternity list for a few days and he also missed a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury, but they were generally using him every other game or so. And the way that he utilizes his bat or, you know, his offense in general kind of backs up how they use him as a utility player. In 2020, he hit 238 with a 295 on-base percentage and a 93 OPS+. Plus. In 2019, he got 370 plate appearances. He hit 240 with a 290 on-base percentage and an 89 OPS+. Plus. Uh, OPS+, plus is basically the same scale as WRC+, plus, where 100 is league average. Anything below that is that percentage below league average. So he has been uh, 7% and 11% below league average so far in these two. But in 2018, he was above league average. He had 338 plate appearances he had 258 with a 332 on base and he was 12% above league average with a 112 OPS plus so that's where we're looking at with him uh, he also played in 2016 and 2017 but his 332 on base in 2018 was the only season that he had an on base percentage over 300 and that is not a great starting point you guys uh, you want that to be in the 330s at least uh, 340s pretty solid if you get up to 360 370 you're looking at a really good Bet, you know, a good guy to have in your lineup. Usually they're getting a little bit less playing time unless they're like Joey Votto in his prime or something like that. So uh, something in that realm. And he's 40 points below where you'll want him at this point if he's hitting, if he's got like a 290 on base. So that's our starting point for this exercise today. But if he's providing gold glove defense over a shortstop, then it could all be worth it, right? You know, the, the old Andrelton Simmons until he got kind of okay at offense. So I took a look at his defensive numbers on Fangraphs, and uh, he hasn't played a ton at shortstop, so it seems like the A's have their least amount of confidence in Chad Pinder as their shortstop. They're more comfortable with him at second base or in left field. And, uh, you know, the most playing time that he got at shortstop was in 2017, where he played 156 innings and tallied a negative of one DRS. So that's defensive run saved. Uh, zero is average. Below is slightly below league average. So not that big of a sample size, but also below. Um, so if he played, you know, five times that many innings, he'd probably be five, negative five DRS, something like that. It could go up, obviously. It could have been one bad play, but uh, that's what you're looking at with a negative one DRS in 156 innings. Uh, he didn't play the position in 2020, and he put up a combined 33 innings there in 2018 and 2019. There isn't a ton to go on here by the numbers, but uh, I'd say that best case scenario would be that he's a league average glove, which doesn't necessarily make up for his 290 on base percentage. So he's not necessarily somebody that you want out there on an everyday basis based on those two things right there. And the argument usually goes that the more regular playing time that a player gets, the better they should be offensively because they're getting regular at bats. And I tend to agree with that line of thought. Um, so maybe that could improve his numbers by a little bit, but uh, where I would push back with Chad Pinder specifically is that even if his on-base percentage went up by 20 points, we're still looking at a below average bat with a little bit of pop and a decent glove, and I feel like they could get an upgrade for that for fairly cheap on the free agent market, so uh, go go get somebody. That would be great. Um, he could definitely take the job and run with it and shut me the hell up too, but I just don't know that the A's like having him nailed down to one position. I think that they like to utilize him in a few different positions, which is why he plays every other day and uses a bunch of different gloves. Like in left field, where he is actually above average in defensive metrics, uh, he had 16 runs saved across 720 innings in the 2018 and 2019 seasons 
seasons, and that is the same exact total as Josh Reddick put up in those two seasons, over double the amount of innings played. And we know how good Josh Reddick is on defense, so Chad Pender is doing something correct when he comes to playing left field, and I think that they want to use him more as a versatile player that can fill in if an injury occurs, like uh, Chapman goes down and you need to use him over there, or Simeon goes down for a few days, you can use him over there. Second base, left field, you know, all these. Uh, I can name a few more positions, but those are the main ones um, where he could fill in if you need him to. I don't think that you want to rely on him because if he gets hurt and then anybody else gets hurt, then you're completely screwed. So I think that they like having him as a backup plan because he's not exceptional at anything necessarily, but he is solid at a few different things and he can get you through a tough stretch with an injury. And I think that that's the value that Chad Pinder brings. I don't know that he's necessarily an everyday kind of guy, but I think that he is still an integral part of the A's, uh, the A's offense. So, and obviously I don't want to dunk on Chad Pinder or sour you on him at all because it's still only January and we're supposed to be getting uh, hyped up for baseball season. But I think that he has a role carved out with the A's and that's kind of where they want to use him. Uh, they could have handed him second base after either of the last two seasons, uh, but they've made trades to bring somebody else instead. They got Jerks and Profar. He didn't work out. Then they brought in Tony Kemp, who was good, but they wanted an upgrade over him, so they made another trade for Tommy LaStella, and they brought him aboard for us to all fall in love with before he hit free agency, so that was kind of mean of the A's. But to answer the listener question, I don't think that shortstop or even a full-time gig is in the cards for Chad Pinder in 2021, but I am going to be looking at the roster coming up in just a minute and see who is going to be slotting where if the A's don't make any other moves. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Are we ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are completely underway, and if you want to make a bet, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. that is one word, Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. All of the wildcard matchups got out of the way over the weekend, and now there's a whole new slate of games that you can place wagers on. Heading into Monday, they have the Rams and Packers line at the Rams getting seven points. Uh, that means that the Packers are favored by seven points. You got the Ravens and Bills. The Bills are favored by two and a half with the over-under at 50. Uh, and then you got the Browns and Chiefs. The Chiefs are uh, definitely favored by 10 points. And they got the over-under at 55 and a half. And then finally, you got the Buccaneers and the Saints. The Saints are getting three points. And the over-under is at 51 and a half. So if any of those feel like locks to you, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. We are talking about the new and improved Built Bar, you guys, and it is even more deliciouser than usual. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still got their original 12 flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, and orange. And all of their bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy candy bars, and they are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that is one word, LOCKEDON, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts, just like that Locked On Bets podcast I just plugged. Uh, yeah, find us wherever they are as well. You can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So in the first half, I disparaged the good name of Chadwick Hudson Pender. And in this half, it is not going to be roses and sunshine either. So uh, let's get into it, I guess. According to Roster Resource over at Fangraphs, they have Pinder slotted in at shortstop, and that is not ideal, as I uh, mentioned in the first half of this uh, episode for you guys. Uh, Obviously, there are other options on the free agent market that they can go after. I've talked about all of them uh, over the course of the winter. But shortstop also isn't their only gaping hole that they need to fill right now. The other one is over at second base where they have Tony Kemp plugged in, uh, they being Fangraphs and also probably the A's at this point. But uh, we'll see. And while I love Vimy Almachin because of the way that he would grind at bats as a rookie, he did look a little bit overmatched at times, and I think that he's probably going to start off the year at AAA now that he doesn't have that Rule 5 label attached to him. But the A's also don't have a ton of ready-to-go infield depth either, so maybe he does make the roster. Um, I think that if they add basically anybody to play in the middle infield, he will be the odd man out. But uh, let's play this out here. There's... Lots more written here for you guys. Um, as things currently sit, it would be between Machine and Sheldon Noisy for the bench spot infielder with Tony Kemp and Chad Pender at uh, second and shortstop. And ideally, the A's would make a move at some point, pushing either Pender or Kemp to the bench and Machine to get regular time in Las Vegas, where I think that he could improve and become a very good piece for the A's uh, in, you know, later in the year, this year, or uh, a solid contributor in 2022. I, I like Vimeo Machine a lot, and I'm going to keep on driving that bandwagon just because uh, I like him so much. But uh, today we are talking about what happens if no further moves are made. So I still think that in a straight-up battle, Noisy would have the upper hand against Machin because he is a right-handed bat, which would be a nice platoon partner for Tony Kemp at second base. Tony Kemp is a lefty bat. Uh, last season, Tony Kemp hit 267 against righties with a 381 on-base percentage. That's how you on base, you guys. Uh, he also doesn't have a ton of power, but he walked more than he struck out, and he's not a terrible bat to have in the lineup. Could he have that same amount of uh, productivity if he he was getting regular at bats and pitchers were able to prepare for him more and know when he's coming and all that stuff. Maybe, uh, but you know, 381, that, there's a decent amount you can knock off right there and still have him be a pretty decent player. Um, back in AAA in 2019, Sheldon Noisy hit 391 with a 464 on base against lefties, but that didn't quite hold up when he got a cup of coffee in the big leagues. Honestly, if the A's don't add anyone, this is probably their best bet for second base. It's just straight up platoon between Noisy and uh, Tony Kemp. You got righty, lefty, see what happens. And in the meantime, you got... Uh, Chad Pinder going over at shortstop, and he'd basically be the everyday shortstop until Nick Allen's ready. Uh, I don't know how ready Nick Allen is because 2020 didn't have a minor league season, so we don't know how he progressed, but the A's coaches and you know front office definitely know how he's doing. So uh, maybe he's more ready than we think. Obviously, I think from the outside that he probably needs about another year or so, maybe most of the minor league season to get ready for his, uh, his big league debut, but maybe he's more ready than that. Maybe he can debut in May, and uh, we just don't know it yet. So 
that's infield for you guys. Um, in the outfield, you have Kenna, Loriano, and Piscotti from left to right with Chapman and Olsen on the corners. And then you got Sean Murphy behind the dish. And that's basically the offense for you guys. I'm assuming that Jonah Heim's going to be uh, backing up Sean Murphy yet again this coming season in 2021. Uh, so we'll see on that. Uh, I got Blaze Thomas, the fourth outfielder, because he is a Rule 5 pick, which leaves one more bench spot for uh, any of Greg Diekman, Dustin Fowler, Seth Brown, Luis Barrera, Sky Bolt, uh, any of those guys. Uh, they, they can fight over that last spot as maybe the fifth outfielder. Maybe uh, like uh, Seth Brown can also play first base. So maybe he has a leg up there. A lot of them are lefty bats, which doesn't really put anybody above one another. So there's that. Uh, then those are the only names because they are already on the 40-man roster, which makes it a, gives them a little bit of a leg up over basically anybody else. Uh, and then you got uh, Chris Davis. He would be the DH, but if they plan to only have him to face lefties for a while, like they did most of last season, uh, it would be wise to have an extra left-handed bat on the bench to platoon the DH role. And, I mean, that could be what they use uh, Blaze Tom for in an initial role uh, to get him a few more at-bats throughout the course of the season or, you know, the early part of the season to get him more acclimated to the big league life uh, as opposed to having him play in, you know, that Piscotti spot or Canna spot or something like that. I think it'll be a combination of all of those things, but uh, he'll be in the outfield a little bit and then I'll also get some time at DH. Again, if nothing else happens, that's what I see happening at this current moment in time. So let's talk about the A's roster that we're looking at so far currently. If the A's sign a shortstop and a second baseman, then I think that Kemp and Pender move to the bench and then they join Heim and Blaze Tom, so as the bench guys on the A's roster. And moving both Pender and Kemp to the bench gives them more depth in both the infield and the outfield. Uh, where you're not going to be picking up somebody from the minor leagues to fill in a spot for, you know, if uh, Chad Pender goes down or something like that. You're going to have to call up Nick Allen and be like, yeah, go have fun, I guess. Or Nate Orff or Pete Cosma or one of these guys that you don't necessarily want to see up in the big leagues until you, you need them in the big leagues. Um, so signing, a you know, a shortstop and a second baseman would give the A's a little bit more depth. And so that's what I'm hoping for at this point. Uh, but we're moving on to the pitching staff and the starters are mostly set. You got Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Jesus Luzardo, and Sean Mania. The only wild card will be whether or not A.J. Puck joins them in the rotation. And as I've said before, with his injury history, it would be smart to see if he can get through a season in the bullpen before pushing him to the rotation. And to piggyback on that point, if he does get hurt, then you're not screwing over the entire pitching staff by him going down from the starting rotation and having to figure out what to do from there. Bullpen arms are easier to replace than starting rotation guys, so... Having A.J. Puck, who has an injury history, set the A's up for some future success right there. If he's doing well, send him down to the minor leagues, have him get stretched out for a couple of weeks, and then bring him back up, see how that goes. But uh, start him off slow, you guys. Let's let's see if we can get some innings out of him as opposed to all of the innings right out of the gate. So uh, there's that. Uh, in my mind, I think that the, the fifth starter position is going to be between either James Caprillion or Dalton Jeffries. They're going to slide right in there with the other one taking over as the long man in the bullpen. Uh, that's how that would work if the A's, again, sign nobody. Uh, A.J. Puck would be the Jordan Weems of 2020. You start him off slow, hopefully getting him acclimated to the big leagues uh, before hopefully unleashing him in the late innings as the season progresses. So with those two guys added to the bullpen, we're looking at Jake Diekman and J.B. Wendelkin as some sort of an 8th, ninth combination. Uh, how would they use them? Not sure, but those are your two late inning guys. Then you got Lou Trevino and Birch Smith, uh, Jordan Weems and Danny Jimenez, who is the Rule 5 pick. 
Uh, if he can make it through spring training, he's probably going to make it through the entire season. So we'll see what the A's saw in him, and uh, hopefully he's solid like Burt Smith was in his short stint with the A's. And then you got A.J. Puck and either Dalton Jeffries or James Caprillion. It's a decent-looking bullpen. It's not as shut down of a bullpen as we saw last year, but then again, the A's bullpen in 2020 had the lowest ERA in baseball. They also covered up some of the holes in the rotation throughout the season when Manaya wasn't getting deep into games and Frankie Montas was struggling after his neck injury, so I'm not sure that this group of guys can necessarily make up for those deficiencies in the rotation if they make their way into 2021, but they could be a solid bullpen unit with a little bit of luck on the injury front from both uh, A.J. Puck and Burt Smith. If they can stay healthy, this unit looks a lot better. So with that being in the roster, the team overall doesn't look terrible, especially considering that the AL West isn't looking great just yet. Without any upgrades, the A's could probably win the AL West as things stand, but the Astros are probably going to start spending a little bit of money because they have an entire outfield to replace. Uh, hopefully they don't re-sign anybody because those guys were good. Um, and then you got the Angels that are probably going to be spending some money as well. So that would make the playoffs a bit more of a question mark with zero upgrades made for the A's. So... Hopefully they make some upgrades to build up a little bit of depth behind these 26 guys because there aren't really a ton of readily available reinforcements around the diamond. Uh, bullpen arms, not really. Uh, middle infield would be a big worry if either, basically anybody in the middle infield goes down. The A's are kind of screwed on that front. So uh, I would like to see some of the guys that are plugged into starting roles currently move to bench roles just to build up some of that depth and, uh, protect against injuries, which will definitely happen because they happen every single season. So uh, obviously there's guys like Grant Holmes or Wanda uh, Charles. They could be ready a little bit early and they could provide a, a little bit of a boost to the bullpen or the rotation. But at the same time, you're just adding more rookies into the mix on top of AJ Puck, Danny Jimenez and Blaze Tom. And then all of a sudden you got 20% of your roster is comprised of guys with little to no big league experience. And that's usually not the recipe for a deep playoff run. So, I mean, they may be able to make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be expecting too much of the A's if 20% of their roster is a, uh, is a bunch of rookies. So uh, basically in summation, go make some moves. You guys give me something fun to talk about. I want players on my team. That would be wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's what the, the roster looks like. If nothing else happens, I thought that'd be a fun exercise and, and it wasn't, um, <laughs> get ready for 2021, you guys. Uh, but anyways, that is it for me today, you guys. Um, I'm hopefully going to be recording more regularly. I'm hopefully falling asleep very shortly. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you guys later.